1: your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We've got a packed show for you today. Today's episode is brought to you by NFL Game Pass. I just renewed my subscription, James. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass, see all the action from every game with full game replays, or replay an entire game in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to nfl.com gamepass game pass to start your free trial today, NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. I mentioned we've got a packed show today, we're going to get started with the Bengals captains, including one notable rookie that I'm sure you all expected, or had some inclination, that he might be on the captain list. Then we get into the Bengals' first injury report of 2020 and other news and notes coming out of Wednesday's practice as the Bengals prepare for the Los Angeles Chargers in Week 1. Finally, we will wrap up the show with Daniel Wade from Lockdown Chargers in our first crossover episode of the 2020 season. But let's get started with team captain talk for the Bengals in 2020. Zach Taylor told the media today that defensive players voted for two other defensive players and a special teamer, and offensive players for the Bengals voted for two offensive players and a special teamer, and that's how the team came to their list of seven team captains for 2020. And the headliner here is Joe Burrow, as the rookie quarterback and number one overall pick for the Cincinnati Bengals, comes in and immediately has enough respect in this locker room, which we saw going back to him issuing half the statement on behalf of the team in front of the National Underground Railroad Freedom Center, he's a captain. He's got that respect.
3: It's clear he's got that respect. And it's one thing we talked about off-air the other day, Jake, is the possibility of this being the case. But it's really unprecedented. Like Zach Taylor was asked if he had remembered any rookie ever being a team captain before in his time uh, in football. And he couldn't remember one. And I can't either. And I'm really trying to think back. And, you know, Carson Palmer certainly wasn't. Andy Dalton wasn't. It's hard. It's not just, oh, he's the quarterback. He's going to be a team captain. It's Joe Burrow's leadership and the way he carries himself and the way he's earned the respect of his teammates. And I do think it's well-deserved. But it it also deserves praise because I, I, I think this is a very unique thing. Uh, That doesn't happen often. I would be shocked right, if Kyler Murray was a captain last year. Uh, Baker Mayfield was the number one pick a couple of years ago. I doubt he was a captain. I know he wasn't a captain for his rookie season in Cleveland. So that's my point. This is very unique. It's rare. Yes, Joe has been given the opportunity to start, but that doesn't necessarily translate to being team captain or offensive captain. Uh, And he's one of them. and, And so good for him.
2: And Coach Taylor echoed a lot of that when he said that Joe Burrow has lived up to the research in terms of leadership responsibilities. It was also pointed out that there are three total players that are totally new to the Bengals that are captains this year, including Josh Bynes, a linebacker who came by way of Baltimore, and Von Bell, who comes up as an unrestricted free agent from New Orleans. Both of those guys said to have been great leaders for their respective teams before they came to the Bengals and are guys that earned their teammates' respect right away in this locker room coming in for the first time in cincinnati and being named team captains in their first year what's well, a testament to the guys they targeted in free agency and a guy
3: like bell look i love Von bell because the dude wakes up at 4 a.m to work out at 5 for no good reason other than that's the time uh that he thinks his day should begin and he can get more work in the earlier he rises so i love that i love uh, that he popped Geo early in camp because he just really wants to hit someone, and he got yelled at by coaches and disciplined. And Gio was fine; it's not like he hurt him or anything. But uh, so yeah, I, I like that, uh, and I, I think he's certainly uh, a leader in this locker room. And then a guy like Josh Bynes, who's literally been a shepherd, right, for these young linebackers. He's been a guy that's really helped them get through the 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 grind one of camp. And really help them do more than just tread water as they adjust to life in the NFL. And what we focus on Burrow so much and how he's adjusting to the playbook. But Akeem Davis-Gaither, Logan Wilson, Marcus Bailey, even you know Jermaine Pratt. I'm sure it's uh, less Pratt, but the other three, I'm sure they were overwhelmed at times. And Bynes is a guy that can help them and certainly help a guy uh, like Pratt as well. So I'm not shocked at all that these two guys are named captains. And it's uh, it is a testament to Duke Tobin zach taylor and this coaching staff for who they targeted in free agency because they they got a couple of guys and i know bell wasn't necessarily on their original list of targets but they pivoted and they got a good one in 24
2: the other guys that round out the 2020 captain list for the bengals are repeat captains giovanni bernard resumes his role as a team captain despite being the second running back on the team he's also going to take an increased role in special teams this year but it again speaks to the respect he has in the locker room that Gio is back as a captain and he's got a sweet mustache to go with his captain title. A.J. Green reprises his role as the best player on the team potentially and also team captain. A.J. is excited to have a healthy year, get off on the right foot with Joe Burrow. Kevin Huber, I believe, is a first-time captain this year for the special teams unit. And Sean Williams, who is also on the bench now with Giovanni Bernard behind Von Bell still has that respect in the locker room and was still named a team captain by his teammates. Coming up next, we've got the first injury report of the 2020 season. And there are actually a couple surprises there. We talk about that. We talk about some Joe Burrow quotes from his first regular season press conference. And Mackenzie Alexander says the Bengals have a plan for unified team action during the national anthem at Paul Brown stadium on Sunday. All of that coming up next. Coming up next, we get to all of your questions in our midweek mailbag. This season, get football on your time with NFL game pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays or see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action All the football you can handle, all in one place. An NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game, all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes going inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the NFL's best, like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, and Devontae Adams. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to nfl.com gamepass game pass to start your free trial today, NFL Game Pass, where football never stops.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: If you're not striving for a championship for perfection, what are you,
1: what are you doing it for? I'm not out there to go 500 and you know, squeak into playoffs.
0: I'm here to, to win games and win championships.
3: Eloquently put, did you guys get chills there? I'm sure Bengals fans all over got chills when they heard Joe Burrow say that. Look, he seems to always say the right thing. And it's not just for the headline and not just, you know, for the, the screen grab. It's just how he honestly feels. I genuinely believe that. Uh, and so we we really like that quote. Jake, I know you like that quote. and We had to mix it in here on Locked on Bengals.
2: Yeah, it's just another piece of evidence that says this guy's got the right mentality. And I guess if he falls on his face, which I can't even conceive of right now, like that world of possibility, and you guys know how cynical I can be, doesn't even exist in my brain right now. Like there's no world in which Joe Burrow fails right now. But if that were to happen, you would look back on this and think, oh, man, Joe Burrow you you really thought but 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 that's not going to happen it, he he's got this confidence and it's just it's been backed up every step of the way and it's just man it's just so encouraging it's just such a nice thing to feel as a Bengals fan who who went through 10 years of Andy Dalton trying to convince myself that hey man that 2015 <laughs> year Andy Dalton was great, but, and, and, you know, I, I was, I was actually maybe one of the later, maybe a little bit later than average to the, they need, they need to move on from Andy Dalton train. But after the last three years, especially, this is just so refreshing and I'm so excited. I'm so excited to, to go into this Joe Burrow era.
3: And he brings people together, right? He's brought this Bengals locker room together. I haven't talked to, a Bengals fan that isn't excited about Joe Burrow, even the most casual fans in Cincinnati. Or, heck, I, I have non-Bengals fans in my family who aren't like anti-Bengals, but they just don't really care about football, and they mention him, and and they they ask about him, and they talk about him. So, uh, certainly an opportunity there, and I think it's uh, it's pretty telling. Right, he he becomes team captain today, uh, and you mentioned his speech in front of the Freedom Center. And one thing that stood out during these news conferences on Wednesday, Zach Taylor talked about it, and I know Mackenzie Alexander talked about it. The team has a unified plan for what they're going to do for the national anthem. And remember how chaotic, and I know things are are much, much different now, but how much we've talked about the 2017 team and and their decision to to stand with their arms uh, interlocked before their week three matchup against uh, the Green Bay Packers. I can't help but think that Joe Burrow has the ability to unify the locker room. And it's not just him. I don't mean that at all. But Zach Taylor, in the way he's really pro player, leaving it up to the team to decide and pretty much saying, look, whatever you guys do, do it together. I just I like the vibes coming out of this locker room right now. And, and regardless of how you feel on the anthem, that's not really my point about it, it's my point, whatever they do, and I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to do it together.
2: Yeah, this is something that Mackenzie Alexander said in his press conference. They have a plan, and they've all talked about how they feel like Zach Taylor and the coaching staff has their back. It seems like the organization, unlike perhaps the environment when we heard from Elise Jesse and, and George Loca, and they were told, begged, according to that report, not to kneel, it seems like the organization also has their back now. So this all speaks to the idea and the narrative that this team, maybe more so than any Bengals team since I've been aware of the Bengals, is incredibly cohesive. There is some, some family vibes going on in that locker room mm-hmm. to a greater degree than perhaps previous iterations of this team, and, and maybe it's a silver lining to the COVID pandemic, right? This thing is just another reason that this team has just bonded together. And and maybe that has nothing to do with it either. But regardless of the causes and the reasons, and there are probably several, this team seems very tight, which should lead to positive results and, and some real heart and effort on Sundays. And these are intangible things that, again, if you've been listening to this podcast before, you know, I don't usually talk about those things. And and it's that notable to me that I'm, I'm recognizing it and acknowledging how powerful that could be. They matter. They do. And, and it might not
3: matter, a, you know, a ton if they lose 50 to nothing on Sunday, but, but it's going to matter when they're up 17, nothing. And they will be at some point this year. And then suddenly they're down 20 to 17 and they've played like trash for two and a half quarters or they've lost three straight games. Anytime you face adversity, that's when that matters. And you have to rely on the guys around you. And so I I love to see it and, and we'll see, you know, how the season goes and everything like that. But together, I've covered multiple Bengals teams. This one from a distance, right? I haven't seen most of these players in person up close all year. And yet uh, I, I do feel it. I feel the the togetherness that uh, everything that's gone on pandemic related and social injustice wise and in and everything in between from football and otherwise has brought this team together.
2: Let's shift gears. Let's let's talk about the injury reports that came out today. The first official injury reports of the 2020 season. We've got them for the Bengals and for the Chargers here for the Bengals. The surprises are the Geno Atkins, who we knew didn't practice today is listed with a shoulder injury. Mike Daniels, listed with a groin injury. Sean Williams, not a surprise, still nursing the calf. Carlos Dunlap and the Sean Sims off for not injury-related reasons. But Atkins and Daniels, two presumptive starters at the defensive interior alongside DJ Reader and important pieces for this team, are not practicing, did not practice on Wednesday. And we have to keep a keep an eye on this for Thursday. Gino hasn't done any team activities for, for over a week now. And I'm not really concerned about this yet, but I will say that I'm keeping a close eye on it because those guys are very important pieces for this Bengals defense.
3: I hope to see a limited status on Thursday, Friday for Gino. Like, I, I just assume he's getting the Andrew Whitworth treatment, but yeah. maybe not. May, you know, maybe this is a, a something with the shoulder. And you want to talk about nightmare scenarios. Hey, young linebackers go out there without Gino Atkins in defensive line. Supposedly the strength of the team play without the, the eight time pro bowler and future hall of famer like that would stink. And, and so would not having Mike Daniels it's, you know, cause then you're relying on what Christian Covington who's been around, around here for four days to potentially get snaps or, or Andrew Brown to play more snaps than you want. So I hope that isn't the case. Hopefully, they're all right. We'll, we'll learn on Thursday, Friday. Uh, the one good thing, and I guess we could end the the injury segment on a positive note. AJ Green sprinting looked great. Looked like a freaking track star on on Wednesday. Uh, wasn't even listed on the injury report. Neither was T Higgins. Neither was John Ross. All three guys dealt with uh, little ailments during during camp. But uh, number eighteen. You know, he looked good. You know, we'll see. I didn't get to stay for the, the part where he actually catches passes, but he looked good at the, the part of practice that I saw.
2: The other positive note here is I think that the Bengals would have shaped their 53-man roster differently if they felt like they wouldn't have Mike Daniels or Geno Atkins for week one. They wouldn't mm-hmm. have kept six linebackers. They, they would have found a, a way to get an extra interior defensive lineman, be it Amani Bledsoe, who they protected this week, be it Freedom, Akeem Mola, they would have found a way to get one of those guys on the team. The Chargers had four players on their injury report. Mike Pouncey did not participate in practice. That's a surprise to me. He has a hip injury. Mike Williams, the big question, is he going to play? Said to be a game-time decision, was limited today with a shoulder injury, and we'll find out on Sunday and, and, of course, in the next couple of days how much of this is gamesmanship from the Chargers and how much of this is, hey, maybe Mike Williams is a fast healer. Obviously, we will cover the injury reports as we get them, so come back tomorrow for our game preview. But coming up next, we get into some of those matchups and some of the questions that we have from not paying a ton of attention to the Chargers on a daily basis with Daniel Wade from the Locked On Chargers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. And James, I know you got some air filters for your Toyota Corolla, but if you don't drive one of the most common cars in the world, maybe you drive one of the rarest cars in the world, they will still have the parts for your car because they have parts for over 300. I don't think I even knew that there were that many different options for people to make your car, but they've got it for you and it's convenient. It's easy. It's simple. And it's going to have the best prices out there. No doubt about that. And yeah, it doesn't matter if you're driving an Austin Healey, an
3: Audi, a BMW, a Bond, an Alpine. I don't even know what some of these are. Allstate. Allstate's an insurance. <laughs> I didn't know Allstate made cars, but there's an Allstate manufacturer that Rock Auto has parts for. And it's a family-owned business. They've been around for more than two decades in the convenience It's the best part about it. You know, you're saving money and you can shop from the comfort of your own home. So make sure you check out rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
3: It's crossover time, which is something I didn't think I would say here on the Locked On Bengals podcast, but we're just a couple of days uh, from week one in the Bengals and the Chargers playing at Paul Brown Stadium and for more on Los Angeles, let's welcome in Daniel Wade from Locked On Chargers. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports. Daniel, let's dive into this Chargers team. In let's start with quarterback Tyrod Taylor gets the start. Uh, he's the team starter. It sounds like he's the clear-cut QB one. Was this a surprise? Did Justin Herbert compete and battle in camp at all, or was this just a foregone conclusion? that the veteran out of Virginia Tech was going to be the week one starter.
0: I mean, I would say foregone conclusion. I don't think there's any you know, thing that the Chargers are trying to hide as far as you know, Justin Herbert needing to learn. I mean, they've been very upfront with some of the things that he struggled with and some of the things they've been trying to have him work on, Spe- specifically you know, taking snaps under center, learning protections in the NFL and things like that. And they said they want competition at every position. They said Justin Herbert – was going to be able to compete for the starting spot. But I think it would have been a huge surprise had he come away being that week one starter, especially with the allegiances to Tyrod Taylor from Anthony Lynn's time in Buffalo. So the Chargers will be rolling out with Tyrod Taylor. And I think, you know, the biggest thing for him will be trying to continue his ways in Buffalo as far as limiting the turnovers because the Chargers had a negative 17 turnover margin last season. So, I mean we put our over under for the season at zero and that would still be, you know, a 17 takeaway giveaway advantage. But I actually like Tyrod Taylor more than maybe some people do. I just did, you know, watched about 30 of his games in Buffalo and in, in Cleveland. And I think his accurate short passing his pretty nice deep ball. If he has Mike Williams out there will be okay for this team. But I definitely think there's a lack of excitement with him. And I definitely think he's going to probably take some sacks on Sunday.
2: Looking at this team and talking about sacks, I think that there might be a lot of similarities between these teams in terms of strengths and weaknesses, and and one of those areas was one-score games last year, the Bengals awful in one-score games, the Chargers awful in one-score games. Another one, by the way that I'm reading it anyway, looks like the offensive line where Sam Tevy, Dan Feeney, and even to some extent Mike Pouncey at this point in his career, all look like favorable matchups to me for the Bengals. On the other hand, I'm pretty afraid of Austin Eckler as a receiver. I'm pretty afraid of Hunter Henry as a receiver because the Bengals don't do a great job of covering tight ends and running backs as receivers. So my question to you, Dan, is what one matchup when the Chargers are on offense scares you the most and what other matchup should scare Bengals fans the most when the Chargers have the ball?
0: I mean, it has to be the left side of that offensive line. I mean, anybody who listens to my shows knows I haven't pulled any punches when talking about the fact that the Chargers took one of the worst right tackles from 2019 and then made them into made him into their starting left tackle going into 2020. I think, you know, Trey Pipkins was thought to be the prohibitive favorite, and he's still a third-round pick coming out of a Division II college. So, I mean, I guess you were just hoping for upside there, you know, the chance to develop into something better. But instead, you're getting the same thing that you have gotten. And Dan Feeney, for him to be at the left guard position and really go into this camp with no competition – At that position. I mean, Forrest Lamp and him have been going back and forth the last couple of seasons, but this year he just went in as the starter. No one really competed with him at all. It was just a given that he was going to have it. And I think the Chargers will do some things to try to protect Tyrod Taylor from that left side of the line. I think you'll see a lot of movement. I think you'll see him rolling out a lot and also getting rid of the ball quickly, whether it's wide receiver screens or just throwing in, dumping it off to Austin Eckler and, and letting him do the rest, which is one of their favorite plays from 2019. But I mean, that left side of the offensive line is the absolute weak spot for this Chargers offense. If you're looking for a strength, I think that the running game will be so much better than it has been. I think it was around 1,450 rushing yards in 2019. You didn't necessarily get a lot better in front of him with the linemen, but you did get a much better offensive line coach in James Campen, who has had a lot of success in this league. And I think with the guys that they have now and having Josh Kelly, I was never a big fan of Melvin Gordon. I think Joshua Kelly as a rookie, as a fourth-round pick, could have a decent-sized role in with the team even as soon as week one. And I think he brings the physicality and the Chargers running backs, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, are about as elusive as it gets. So I think it's him versus the tackling of this Bengals defense that's really going to be scary for, the, for Bengals fans.
3: Let's switch gears and and discuss the defense. Uh, Obviously, when you look at this Chargers defense, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, they stand out right away, and I know we've spent a lot of time talking about how in the the world the Bengals are going to block those guys, and we could do more of that in a second, but where's the weak point? To me on paper, I would say linebacker, but when you invest a first-round pick in a guy like Kenneth Murray, I would assume that Chargers fans are probably feeling pretty good about that unit, how is that unit right now, and is that a matchup that maybe the Bengals could exploit?
0: I think it, when you're looking at the Chargers in defense specifically, I think that Justin Jones, first of all, a defensive tackle. I mean, you've heard a lot of hype about him coming out of training camp for him this year. He is the starting defensive tackle alongside Linval Joseph, and I think Linval Joseph will be a huge upgrade over Brandon Meebane. But I still have some big question marks about him. And for this linebacking group, I think that Drew Tranquil is a guy that not a lot of people are talking about, but came in last season as a fourth-round pick and really turned into a very dependable linebacker. I think he'll be playing the weak side linebacker position with Kenneth Murray starting at the mic. And I think that... I don't know if it's going to be a strength or a weakness at this point. I mean, of course, you can project what rookies are going to do, what a second-year player in Drew Tranquil is going to do, but with no tackling really so far during this training camp, with no preseason games, it's hard to know how these guys are going to tackle. But I will say that this, even if that's the weakness, this is the best Chargers linebacking core in probably five or six years.
2: I think there's a similarity there too, right, James? Because when we've talked about the Bengals linebackers, yeah, they bring in Josh Bynes from Baltimore where he's, a fine, really two down linebacker and they draft three and we're suddenly feeling a lot better. Of course, one of those linebackers that wasn't as good as maybe he could have been was Nick Vigil last year, who you guys now have as a backup over in Los Angeles. I will say to your credit, I did like Drew Tranquil as a prospect, but had some serious concerns about his injury history. So I hope he can stay healthy and have a productive career. But let's talk about a strength on strength matchup in the secondary. And you can tell me, what the Chargers plans are for Chris Harris, whether they're going to let him play in the slot or let him play outside, which is probably his preference, or force him to play in the slot where he's been elite throughout his career. I mean, these guys, Desmond King, Casey Hayward, Chris Harris, it's hard, to, hard for me to think of a better starting three corners on any team in the NFL. But again, we talked about the wide receivers a little bit. This is a strength on strength thing to me with guys like AJ Green, John Ross, and Tyler Boyd testing them. How do you see that matchup going? And where's Chris Harris going to play?
0: So basically, coming out of his own mouth, what he says is going to happen is in the base formation, when there's two cornerbacks out there, he is going to be on the outside. When they go into nickel, he will be in the slot, and then Michael Davis will go out to the outside. And I think Michael Davis is the biggest question mark. If you're trying to find a place to attack this Chargers defense, I mean, he was in a competition with Brandon Faison, a very little-known guy that was still able to push him even though Davis has been a starter for the last couple of years. He has all the athleticism. He has problems turning his head around, which I'm sure you know everyone has yelled their TV for a corner, not turning his head around even though he's in great position to make a play. So especially not having Derwin James now on that back end to try to you know erase some of the mistakes, I think that Michael Davis is the guy to really target out of those three guys. And in nickel formation right now, Desmond King isn't even on the field. Mm -hmm. At least as far as it's been so far. I mean, he had a little bit of a falling out with the team last year. Last year, I mean, if you watch the games, he actually wasn't good. I mean, in the slot, he gave up a ton of yards. He didn't tackle as well as he normally did. Now he's listed as the backup safety and the backup corner. So Desmond King, I think, is a true wild card. They say they want to implement him in all these ways. And he's going to get moved around this defense. And I think that helps with a wide receiving core that's as deep as the Bengals are. But I think if you're looking for a weakness in the guys that are starting, I think that it's Michael Davis on the outside.
2: And Bengals fans certainly know that the Bengals will be three wide for probably a majority of the game. They're dominant 11 personnel team, so they will have a chance to take advantage of that mismatch. And I'm just going to be curious to see what's going on with Desmond King because I thought for sure that he would be one of those top corners for the Chargers. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We thank Dan for joining us. Again, go follow him on Twitter at DanTalkSports. Tomorrow we get our game preview for the Chargers game, and we'll update you on the latest news and notes coming out of Paul Brown Stadium. Until then, Bengals fans, day, and have a good one.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.